0: We get ready for another week of college football and the NFL. And to break it all down as we get ready for another weekend of Montana sports betting, it is Matt Kiweed from the Helena IR and pretty soon going to be the Montana Standard. Matt, great to chat with you once again, man, and congrats on your new post.
1: Hey, thanks. Always good to chat. means the weekend is closed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I look forward to it every single time we get to chatting because at the same time that means we're that much closer to some football for this weekend. And obviously we got a lot of good stuff, especially I think in the NFL with some interesting uh, matchups. But before we get into the games themselves, uh, Matt, I know you got your column out earlier today. And you were talking about this, and we've talked about this before. We were talking about trends, and in particular the last time we talked was about the Indianapolis Colts defense. What's the latest on what you have for trends this week?
1: Yeah, so as we, as we go later in the season – Obviously, since there's more games and more situations, now we're going to hear about more and more trends. And so, it's like, what do we make of these? I don't know if you follow the guys at Beeson, but uh, they do some podcasts. They have some some writing that they do, and I was reading through these trends they had this week, and they had anything from, say, historical head-to-head matchups to whether, you know, the head referee favors the home or away team. Wow. (laughs) You know, so... Um, I feel like trends, you know, can be valuable in some mm-hmm. cases, or in other cases, they can kind of just be fool's gold, where they look appealing, but when you dig deeper, it's like, does it really, does it really mean anything? Because <laughs> you know, with the with the 16 game season, the sample size is so much smaller than we'd like it to be. So, which creates much more opportunity. See, like, randomness, and like, if something hits like 80% of the time, it could just be random because the sample size is so small. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess, as betters, we want to kind of go through our own little scientific pro- process here and, and see if we can logically explain why something is happening. And so, by that, I mean, say you see a trend, um, could be like baseball, where it's just like this guy has hit a home run in eight career day games while the state legislature is in session. Mm. And so like that's probably random, right? Mm-hmm. There's, in this scenario, there's no cause and effect that would result in, in a higher than normal offensive output at the plate. Um, but in other cases, uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to this, I'm sure when we break down the NFL games, like winless teams off a of buy tend to be pretty profitable because, you know, if you think about it, obviously they're off a of by long time to prepare, get healthy, and then maybe get a little more motivated as, as these teams are, you know, maybe listening to the local media saying these guys are pathetic, they're never going to win a game, they're going to go 0 and 16, and so you know, there's factors that make it plausible that these trends actually mean something that we might have something that's worth backing.
0: Matt, you talk about these trends here. How do people go about, like, even looking for them? I mean, is it simply, I mean, obviously there's the bye weeks here, but, you know, you've talked about defenses before. You know, one thing I know we'll talk about as well is a particular team that doesn't seem to do very well on prime time. We don't know if that's a trend or if that's going to just uh, change this week. But um, how do you suggest looking for trends in terms of either, you know, in terms of research? Is it just simply going by statistics? What do you what do you think?
1: What I mean, what I do is, you know, full transparency here is, I mostly hear about something either on TV or on the radio, and obviously, if it's being talked about by the by the press or by the you know by the media, mm-hmm. I hate saying that word by the media. But anyways, <laughs> uh, if, it's, if, if the media is talking about it, odds are you know the the lines makers are also factoring that into the line because they figure and probably correctly that we as bettors are taking this into consideration um, for our bets. Mm -hmm. And so so a lot of times you'll actually find that maybe the trend could be priced into the line. And so maybe if you want to fade a trend that doesn't actually logically make sense, that could be also another way to go.
0: We're talking Montana sports betting as we get ready for another weekend of college football and NFL action. Matt Kiwi joins us from the Helena IR and 406MT Sports. He joins us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. Matt, let's talk some NFL games here, and let's start with one in particular that kind of leads into what you were talking about there just a few minutes ago, and that is Jets at the Chargers. I believe the Jets coming off a bye here. What do you like about this game?
1: Probably not a game that I'm going to watch in any part of. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know so winless teams off a of bye you know we mentioned it before it makes sense that they'll be extra motivated extra rested you know especially the jets i think the last game against the patriots was the first game all season they had all their receivers healthy and they they played good and after the Ra- after the patriots you know beat the ravens that jets performance is looking a little better than we than we thought it was and so uh, but yeah back to the trend though not only are winless teams off a of bye profitable profitable, but winless teams off a of bye during week seven or later are 18, five and one against the number. And so, you know, why would this be so much stronger late in the season? It's like, well, there's only been what? I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think I can count it on one hand, the number of own 16 teams there've been mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in NFL history. They don't want to be one of those teams. Obviously the organization I'm sure wants them to get Number one draft pick for Trevor Lawrence, but the guys on the field't they, they want to win a game. I really really believe there's no one on, that 's actually playing on football field that's, that's tanking themselves mm-hmm. and so I think you 're going to get max effort, max focus from from a jets team if there was ever a week, it'd probably probably be this week against a kind of a reeling Chargers team and so take that all that in, into consideration and add in the fact i think there 's a little extra value um, with the announcement of Flacco starting at quarterback so the line opened at Jets plus eight and a half when Sam Darnold was believed to be the starter it bumped up to plus 10 with the announcement of Flacco Um, are are we sure that Flacco's like that much worse than Darnold I don't know if it's a and a half especially onto a key number of 10 take all that into consideration I like Jets plus 10.
0: I was going to say, that's going to be really interesting, too, because this also feels like, in kind of going along with what you're talking about here, Matt, this kind of does feel like a very, if you're looking at the Jets' schedule, maybe their most winnable game left at this point. Right. Matt Kiwi joining us right now, talking more NFL games. Matt, uh, you know, this morning it was announced that Taysom Hill is going to start at quarterback. For the New Orleans Saints, they have a rivalry with the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's played pretty well, 3-1, since Raheem Morris has taken over uh, as the interim head coach for the Falcons. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this game.
1: I'm probably going to stay off this game just because I have kind of a bias, <laughs> and so I'm going to rant a little bit. Um, <laughs> I just can't stand uh, the love affair here with, with Taysom Hill. The announcers are basically drooling all over this guy during the game because he can pick up a first down on third and fourth and one You know, by running the ball. Do you know who else can pick up first downs on third and fourth and short? Literally every quarterback in the NFL. Uh, QB sneaks statistically are by far the most successful plays in the NFL that you can run. You know, The fact that everybody is just Electrified by Taysom Hill because he can pick up those first downs. I, 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 what, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the line opened at four, maybe it was four and a half when J- Jameis Winston was believed to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And now it's Taysom Hill and it hasn't moved. And so I get the knock on Jameis. He threw 30 picks last season. But I really have a hard time believing that Taysom Hill can you know, who's pretty limited by definition. He comes in four or five times a game to run a package designed specifically for him in short yardage situations. Uh, running an entire offense is completely different. And, and Jameis does have four to five years. I forget how, how long he's... That's five in years. Tampa. Yeah, he's, he has a bunch of reps under his belt, you know, running an entire offensive playbook. And so I have a hard time believing that there's no difference in the two quarterbacks. And you take a look at the – I'd actually lean Falcons because if you take a look at what they've done this year, you know, that Vikings win where they dominated Minnesota, that's looking better and better as the Vikings play games each week. Mm -hmm. And then they should have two more wins. They had the Detroit loss where uh, Gurley just fell over. And then, you know, the loss to Dallas where they just forgot the rules um, for onside kicks. And so, you know, if, if they have two more wins and two fewer losses, you know, what's, what's the line then? I don't think it's four, four and a half with the third string quarterback in
0: there. That's going to be interesting. I mean, you know I, you know me, Matt, as a Bucks fan, I need the Saints to lose. So I was either hoping for Jameis Picks or we'll see here. But at the same time, and, and maybe not just so much sports betting, but your thoughts on this, it feels like this is the game really for the Saints to try and just see what Taysom Hill brings to the table. Because eventually Drew Brees is going to retire, and we do need to find out whether Taysom Hill is the heir apparent or if it really will be Jameis Winston. And It feels like that's that type of game that this is going to be this week.
1: Yeah, so I wonder if Sean Payton is going to go the Teddy Bridgewater route, where he he knows Teddy is no pun intended, but he is a bridge, for getting the Saints from the time when Drew Brees was hurt back, just bridging the gap to when mm-hmm. Drew Brees could return. But still, he was very conservative with his play calls. You know, protected him quite a bit. And the Saints also had a very easy schedule during that time, and so they went five and zero, and Teddy looked great. And so I'm wondering if he's going to kind of unleash Taysom Hill here and call, you know, a full menu of plays, if you will, just to see if he can do it.
0: It'll be really interesting to say the least. Uh, Matt, uh, moving to Sunday night football, the Kansas city chiefs, Oakland Raiders. What do you got?
1: All right. So here's another stat you're going to hear ad nauseum this week. It's Andy Reid off a of buy and um, the numbers are very good. Obviously he's a very good coach. And so, uh, but even more impressive is just Andy Reid with extra time at all. So any, any, any added days of preparation where he has an advantage against his opponents. He's 21-10 and 10 against the spread. And so, you know, like we said, let's ask ourselves, why, why can we explain this? Why would this be? Well, he's, what, like a savant <laughs> offensively and a you know, very sophisticated play caller we give someone like this more time to prepare for an opponent, they're gonna have a clear advantage. And so but, you know, how many times have we heard Andy Reid off a bye? Probably a million. And so the books have probably factored this in. But here's why there's a little extra edge here. The Raiders defensive lineman, Cleland Farrell, he tested positive for COVID nineteen. Obviously he's not a huge loss. He's been kind of a disappointment overall, but that doesn't really matter to to the overall point. I'm Going to make pretty much the entire starting defense was was sidelined from practice this whole week. Can't even enter the facility because of contact tracing. And um, I don't think I'm too far off base by assuming that if you're playing the Chiefs, you kind of want your starting defense to be at practice that week. So I think there's a little edge there, and then you know you might see the Chiefs running it up a little bit. I actually didn't hear about this at the time, but I guess after the Raiders won at Arrowhead, they kind of circled the stadium as a little celebration. And so this could be a little extra fuel for uh, Mahomes and company to maybe run it up. So this game is off the board, but I'm guessing once we get some more confirmation on negative tests for the Raiders, uh, it was Chiefs minus 6.5 earlier in the week, so I'm guessing it's going to be Chiefs minus 8 when it comes back on the board. And so that, that would be my pick for that game.
0: And then, Matt, your NFL's best bet.
1: You're going to like this one. I got (laughs) bucked, minus four, Monday Night Football. You probably picked up, I'm an L.A. sports fan. I follow the L.A. teams, Mm -hmm. So I've I've seen how this one plays out. The Rams, they look great when everyone's healthy. Very efficient, running the ball, uh, moving the ball with play action. When everything's going well... They look pretty good, but if you remember all those big contracts during the offseason, everyone's like, how did they pay all these guys? Well, they don't have very good backups. And so you lose one guy at a key position, and it starts to crumble pretty quickly. And so last week they lost left tackle Andrew Whitworth to season-ending MCL injury. I think he could be back for the playoffs. Um, But he's been the left tackle. I don't think he's missed more than a snap or two the entire time Goff has been uh, with McVeigh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jared Goff is one of those guys when everything's going okay, he he looks fine. But if you make him play left-handed and you make him uncomfortable, it, it starts to go downhill fairly, fairly quickly. And going up against Todd Bowles' defense, who I'm not a big X's and O's guy, but the way I've heard it breaking down is he does a lot of run blitzes that are also great against passing teams as well and that's why they were able to be so successful against green bay that day and so you know you got all these exotic blitzes by todd bowles going up against an o-line without their best player and oh by the way someone in the rams organization got covid this week so they were out of the facility midweek trying to figure out a new o-line and so i don't like how that stacks up for golf and company against uh you know, Bucks team that's after that after that that dud they laid against the Saints. They're looking pretty good again. And against you know team that can get to the quarterback, um, I I just don't see how the Rams score enough to hang with the Bucks. So I like uh, Tampa minus four.
0: Matt, how much did you kind of go back and forth on the trend here? Of obviously you talked about the Rams losing a key guy like Whitworth and the fact that Tampa Bay hasn't played well on prime time. This is another Monday night game. Three games in prime time they have. Not played well. They've lost two, and they barely won the other. It's
1: concerning, uh, and, and maybe it's it could be bias on my end, just because I, I, I last year I saw how bad it can be watching golf without it without an offensive line. Mm. And so maybe part of this is a subconscious emotional hedge <laughs> uh, <laughs> where the Rams will get killed, but maybe I'll win a pick, but. Yeah, I mean, if if the, if the Bucks go up against this Rams team, missing their best guy on the offensive line, and lay another egg, then I'll start to think there might be something to this prime time thing.
0: Matt, now looking at college football, uh, what's your best bet for college football this weekend?
1: Yeah, it's a not ton of excitement by, my, by way of college football this weekend. I guess you got you got Bedlam, but I don't. Big Twelve is kind of whatever for me. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'm going to go with uh, Penn State. Plus two and a half against Iowa, and so yeah, I know Penn State's zero and four. They look really bad, and um, but a couple things, I like betting against. I like betting against things that have never happened before, mm-hmm. and we got two of those in play here. Penn State coach James Franklin has never lost to Iowa. Nittany Lions have never started zero and five in program history. So mm-hmm. obviously, Frank Franklin's had his shortcoming as as Penn State coach have not come against Iowa. On top of that, I think Penn State's a little undervalued. Yeah, I get it. They're 0-4, and they've looked 0-4 in those games. Um, but they have outgained their opponents by 200 yards this season. And you could make the argument they should have won last week. They missed a field goal and turned the ball over on downs twice inside the Nebraska 15-yard line. You could argue that it comes down... To- coaching, execution, and it, and it just might not be there this year. But, um, you know, I don't know. If you can just get a little more production in the red zone, I think they'll have a chance to beat an Iowa team that could be a tad inflated here. You know, the Hawkeyes opened the season with two losses uh, at Purdue. Or I forget where the Purdue game was. Anyways, it was uh, against Purdue and Northwestern. And now they've blown out Michigan State and Minnesota. So now that they've done that, are we supposed to believe you know everything's fixed and they're A-OK? I'll pay to find out. Um, best bet, Penn State plus two and a half.
0: Matt, I've got one last question for you, and this isn't in the college football realm or the NFL realm. I know you cover high school sports as well. We obviously have the state championship game tonight. I'm going to give you the over-under for tonight's AA state championship game between West and Sentinel here. you take the right. over 60 or do you take the under 60 points tonight?
1: Does West score? <laughs> Does West get over fifteen?
0: Yeah, they've averaged. I think. Uh, I know they're over. T- I want to say over
1: twenty five. Yeah, but, um, let's see. If you factor in all the nerves and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Why not go over? If I were to, if this was like the Super Bowl kind of thing, there's a prop I like to play that. That the second half will be higher scoring than the first half. That's the way I would play this.
0: Matt Kiwi joining us here from the Helena IR and soon from the Montana Standard. Uh, Matt, if you want to follow your work and catch the latest column, how can they do that?
1: It'll be on 406mtsports.com and Helenair.com. And then after this week, it'll it'll be with the Standard.
0: Matt, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as well. You have yourself a great rest of your night. Look forward to chatting with you again soon.
1: Yeah, have a good weekend. Thanks for having me.